0: Hail the power of Jesus name let angels prostrate fall bring forth the royal diadem of welcome everybody to the tag your it podcast i'm ray ray and I am
1: David Van Becker.
0: Yes, doing the thing that we do in between states because Jesus is Lord all over the earth anyway. So awesome uh, to get back with you, Dave. It's been really a couple of weeks. We had an episode come out last week on the Apologetics Roundtable, uh, which we had recorded recorded prior, but we haven't uh, done this in a couple of weeks is coming together no, man. and 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 uh, hitting some issues. And we're kind of uh, on the later end of some issues, but hey, we're going to talk about it anyway, because it doesn't matter when. And we've had time to think and clearly are, um, get in the right mind anyway, to delve into what we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, yeah. And it's easy when things come out so quickly in the news cycle to just always hot, take everything to death. And that's definitely something that we don't want to have happening on our part. We want to be thoughtful about what we're saying and how we're presenting the content to you, because what we've seen following the 24th of June and the overturn of Roe versus Wade is you get a lot of hot takes from a lot of different people. And many people are saying exceptionally important things and exceptionally relevant things. But we really wanted to specify this on what's going on in Missouri, because Missouri has been claimed already to be The only state where there is no abortion occurring anymore. And when you look at the specific issues, you find that that is not the case. And that's what we really wanted to talk about today was how that really isn't truth.
0: Yes. And And the thing is, yeah, we don't need to be naive. So as abolitionists that we are, Dave and I, um, we are not naive. Abortion is going to happen. All right. So we know, and I've already seen all over Facebook that uh, people are kind of making this underground railroad of pills and like stockpiling pills and going, hey, I'm going to have a bunch. So if something happens, um, contact me. And, you know, like how we had the uh, code words of, you know, you you have Jeff Durbin going like COVID cookies and, you know, they're making code words and all they're, they're doing the same thing. You know, they'll, they'll have their verbiage that they use to get around YouTube and just, they're going to do the same thing that everybody else has done with other things, you know, but, you know, we, we, we aren't naive to that. So whenever we say that abortion, um, you know, if, if, if abortion is banned in Missouri, what we need to define that, and that is, it is legally It is an illegal thing to do in all facets. So there is
1: still, yeah, yeah, sorry, go for it. So it's going to
0: happen. It's not going to not happen, but legally from a civil magistrate perspective, a ban on abortion just means um, all the means. If if you have an abortion, you will be criminally charged. It doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, uh, the abortionist, If it's the father's being coercive and then the mother might be um, out of that if the father has, uh, you know, coerced or the pimp is coerced, you know, but that would be an outright ban would be if you take this pill, if you have this induced upon you, um, if you go, whatever it is, that's an, that's a ban. So we're not, I'm just wanting to say we're not naive. Okay. So we haven't ended abortion. That's whenever Jesus comes and defeats death as the final as the final thing that he does before, you know, he hands the kingdom back over to the father and eternity happens and all that. So anyway, I just wanted to, with that said, (laughs) kind of a thing, just to make sure that we define our terms, that we are not um, naive about that. So, but yes, it looks like you're breaking up something here.
1: Yeah. So I was going to go ahead and play what was going on, what's being presented in the news regarding what's happened in Missouri. And then let's actually look at the ban itself and What's going on? Because today and when the ban goes into effect, you can still remember your baby. But that's not being the story that's being told.
2: Protests couldn't stop Missouri's controversial abortion bill from becoming law. Should a child, a life inside a mother's womb be killed due to the actions of its parents? Though it won't take effect until the end of August, the impact was immediate at the state's only clinic offering abortions. Patients are already confused. We are open, our doors will stay open, and we will stay open in whatever capacity we can. Missouri's is the latest in a wave of new states. So
1: right there, just so mm-hmm. you know, he is wise enough to state we will be able to stay open. We are still going to be able to provide abortion services, and that's where we're yeah. going to get to specifically.
2: Eight laws restricting abortion. It will ban abortions after eight weeks before many women even know they're pregnant. There are no exceptions for rape or incest. The only exception, a medical emergency that risks the pregnant woman's life. Missouri Governor Mike Parson signed the bill into law today. And I believe in two months you can make a decision. I believe that, that, that can be done. But in two months time, I also believe that that child, has right. At the St. Louis Planned Parenthood Clinic, doctors see their mission as helping women. They have somebody on their side.
1: Um, Not all women. They don't want to help all women. They just want to help the women that they want to say are women. Orbit, are you ready? What about pregnant men?
0: Pregnant person. Pregnant person. So what's the language that we're going to get into here? This This is a wrench that's in the machine.
2: Nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, hmm, today I might want to have an abortion. Today, telling NBC News medical correspondent Dr. John Torres, today telling NBC News medical correspondent Dr. John, after eight weeks, but I could go to jail or lose my license. And what a terrible place we are putting physicians in, a totally untenable ethical position.
1: I love how she says yeah. ethical position. Because yeah. that's the whole piece. Do not talk to me about ethics when you are murdering children.
0: Yes. Yes. And so, you know, and it's one of those things you got to really stay away from any sort of argumentation where you say nobody, because I think uh, the whole point is uh, there are people, they don't wake up that morning going, I'm going to get an abortion because they thought about it years ahead of time before it happened. So they, they they've already stated if I get pregnant. I'm going to have an abortion. And that's a lot of people that have said, a lot of women who said that, and a lot of men saying, if I get a person pregnant, if I get a lady pregnant, if I get my girlfriend or my one night stand pregnant, then I'm going to make sure. So it's something that has been prepared for. So, you know, you got to be really worrisome and skeptical about any sort of argumentation that uses the words never or all. that kind of stuff that's just logic that's just good um understanding (laughs) about logical fallacies and all that kind of stuff and a lot of those things uh happen out of those those terminologies and stuff like that but that's just the narrative you know that's they're going to try to uh, make this a very light issue whenever it's a heavy issue so but yes um so apparently um you know if we go to uh this website here um so when you think about missouri and you think about the post-Rome, Missouri, you may believe that uh, abortion is banned. And is it, Dave?
1: No, it is not. No, it fact, is not. In fact, you can even find when abortions can occur in the state of Missouri.
0: Yep. In so, fact,
1: even listen to the language uh, of Governor Parsons. God bless him. Uh, he is very much confused on this component. He is not for equal protection. He is not for any children that are within that eight week time zone. So he has regulated and said, it's fine. If a woman thinks she's pregnant before eight weeks, she can still murder her child. Now here's one of the things that I think is probably not always known by some people. And and I want to make it clear on this because I think that this is uh, an issue that is easily, um, me, easily misunderstood so medical abortions uh there's basically four different ways that you can deal with a medical abortion the most popular one according to the Guttmacher institute recently i mean right now you can find that the guttmacher institute did a study here and actually i'm going to go ahead and share this if that's okay i go for it this component here so this is recent research from the guttmacher institute so as of 2020 Medication abortions account for the majority of uh, all US abortions. Now, according to the Guttmacher, Guttmacher Institute, 54% of abortions occur due to medication abortions. Now, here's some things that you need to consider in this. So, for the first time ever, people are not going to Planned Parenthood and having an extraction abortion. Right. That's not what is occurring. They're not having a vacuum abortion, which is another one. There's basically three ways I can, four Mm -hmm. ways I can kind of talk through those and I will. But what we have is a report. All good researchers understand that when you do a survey, you only get about a third of people to respond to that survey. Right. You can see it. I mean, it's almost not necessarily a law. But every researcher understands they send out research and they're having participants respond the respondents they're only going to get a third of the respondents so gutmacher institute gets these numbers from planned parenthood in other words when planned parenthood gives out pills for abortion they're calling folks and they're finding out how many of them went through with this medicated abortion now again of that 54 percent of abortions you have to remember that they're only getting a third of respondents to get that information. Likewise, their numbers don't account for those who are going to CVS and picking up a medicated abortion pill or the plan B pill or CVS and picking up the plan, uh, the abortion pill or ordering it online through some other means. That's not what is being counted in this. So, when we say in the state of Missouri we're celebrating that now you can you can't get an abortion after eight weeks you have to realize that that is extremely problematic because the majority of time the majority of the time now children are being murdered by pills and mm-hmm. that is a huge piece
0: yes and if you get a hold of Callie's book you know he's got the uh, you know some numbers uh, prior to this um, in Texas and stuff like that ninety percent of the abortions that happen are happening bipill and before any of these, uh, you know, pre or pre post row (laughs) um, issues, um, you know, 90% of them happen. So no matter what week you slice this thing up, most of the abortions were happening before that. So you're using language that goes, see, we don't, we don't abort. it's like, yes, you do. You do. Well, we're going to cut it back to this week. Okay. Well, still 90% of the abortions are happening before here. Then you push it to this week. Okay. Well, still they're happening before here. Um, so here's the, here's the deal. And here's the aha moment that I've had tons of, I've had tons of conversations because they're saying before this, before this uh, post row issue here in Missouri, they're going, Hey, we've, we only had like 34 uh, surgical abortions. Um, you know, we had only, well, actually they didn't say surgical they said we only had 34 in Missouri, maybe a couple of years ago. And I'm going, that's how they got you. It's because they don't count the pill as an abortion. But now we have this saying here: these are abortions; these are chemical abortions. And so, if we think about fire, if we want to think about Moloch, we think about fire and people actually putting the the infants, like infant outside the body, infants, and they're putting them in the in the arms of this god, and they're lighting them on fire. What is fire? It's a chemical reaction. We're passing kids through fire inside our own bodies, literally boiling a kid in the mother's milk. So this is law that's been in the Old Testament. This is stuff that we should know as Christians that we should know from our scriptures that God hates and despises and will have judgment on. This is what we need to be teaching. And so we have bought into this lie that, well, you know, this abortion is not a big deal and this is the way governor Parson is doing it. If you have to, you have two months to make the decision, that's how he's regulating it. So we are still regulating murder and not abolishing murder with our laws and actually treating it as murder so if you say you're pro-life again pro-life is still not pro-life it's still arbitrary still regulative and you know there's there's a good chunk of change and a good chunk of votes still um that are going to come out of this so um but you know whenever well, here's we, the other yeah, deal by the
1: way and I've i go for got, it i've pulled this up as well so when we think about medicated abortions one of the things that occurred during covid was this opportunity to have telemedicine applied within the abortion situation so now you don't even have to go to planned parenthood to consult with a medical doctor to give you your pills again you don't have to do that anyways you can go down to uh you can go down to walmart or cvs but notice here as well this is all 50 states You can see where this abortion on demand is available through telemedicine in 20 states. It is coming soon to another six states. And while it's not illegal, it's only restricted in these other states. So, in other words, if you are someone who wants to receive some medical advice from a doctor on how to murder your child, you can do that. Through the means that Adam and I are using right now, a Zoom meeting, Mm -hmm. and you can still do that in the state of Missouri, or are you ready? Even if we change it in the state of Missouri, you can still consult someone in another place in another state, and you're not going to be held accountable for it. And the doctor's not going to be held accountable for it because they're in another state where they allow it. You understand all of the loopholes? when you don't have equal justice, then you are able to have, I mean, immense standards Mm -hmm. for this situation.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so it goes down to the, you know, we have this uh, article from the uh, Center for Reproductive Rights, which, um, you know, I guess it is a liberal organization. So if we're going to take on a secular uh, label for them, let me uh, share this anyway. Um, you know, that's something that has came, this came out prior to, um, the post Roe world now that we live in anyway. And so from its conclusion, it is telling its people that's reading this document. Now that the Supreme court has overturned or overturned Roe, Missouri has begun to enforce its trigger ban to prohibit what abortion entirely. No, no. Again, we just uh, read in the news, the news is saying that no, we're regulating it. You got eight weeks. You got eight weeks. So does it prohibit abortion entirely? And so this is misinformation that's even getting sold by um, the people that don't really like uh, misinformation, apparently, about other things um, in the social media world. And so, you know, are we going to see Facebook going, oh, no, no, like uh, this said, like you said, like if you share a meme says, hey, Missouri is is an abortion free, absolutely abolished state. Are we going ha- to see little uh, misleading uh, things on the bottom that fact, checker, that fact checkers have uh, um, looked at it and said, no, Missouri still um, is only regulating it up to eight weeks. Is that what's going to happen? Right. No, no, it's not going to happen. They're going to make Missouri look bad, even though you can still find a home here and go to CVS, go to Walgreens, go to Walmart, call over Zoom, whatever. Make sure you get your stuff. You know, there's not, you know, I understand it does produce an underground. And that's going to happen. But, you know, those people are going to hurt themselves. And
1: likewise, and likewise, the abortion medication works up to 10 weeks. Abortion medication works up to 10 weeks. So there are individuals who will still murder their children after that eight weeks, and they can do so. And there's no way to stop them. And there's no punishment for them when they do that. That is a key piece there is no punishment for the lady who takes medical abortion or plan B pill and murders her baby after nine or 10 weeks. There is nothing that is going to stop her from doing that at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's no way to prove that she's done that. You've done that. That's, that's the issue because it's still available. Those pills are still available right here in the state of Missouri, and you can still order them in from other places.
0: Yes. And so, you know, I just wanted to share this also real quick that that we're on there. So this is what we really, really need to give you guys. If you haven't uh, looked up anything and you're just going off of uh, news and uh, maybe some other other outlets and stuff like that, we wanted to provide the source. Let's go to some material from the source here. This is from the Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt's office. This is his piece of paper. It says via email and hand delivery. Um, this is uh, the document that talks about uh, the trigger law that was put into effect here in the state of Missouri. Um, you know, on June 24th, whenever the decision was overturned. Okay, so this is Section 188.017 of the RSMO, known as the Right to Life of the Unborn Child Act. It prohibits abortion except in the cases of medical emergency. Now, again, even that. Even the title of it is misleading. It is a lie. It's not just misleading. This is an absolute lie because it does not prohibit abortion except in cases of medical emergency. Okay. And so here's the section. And so seriously, plain, plain as day, this is obvious. If you have a critical bone in your body, let's read. This Here's an excerpt. From it. it says, notwithstanding any other pre- provision of the law to the contrary, no abortion shall be performed or induced upon a woman except in cases of a medical emergency. Okay, that lines up with the title. It prohibits abortion except in cases of medical emergency. Now, any person who knowingly performs or induces an abortion of an unborn child is in violation of the subsection shall be guilty of a class B felony as well as subject to the suspension of or revocation of his or her professional license. Wait a second, who is this going after? This is only going after a doctor or anybody. So it could be back alley, whoever induces upon a woman a, an abortion, they're going after them, except for in cases of whatever this medical emergency is, which again, we will con- constantly have to say, If this is what you're talking about is ectopic pregnancy, again, this is why we need to update the language to an abolitionist language, which is a correct language is an ectopic pregnancy is not an abortion. Usually by the time you get to the ER with it, because that's where you take care of it, you don't take care of it at at, uh, Planned Parenthood, you go to the ER, you go into triage and they take care of the woman and the baby as two actual persons with rights and dignity. And usually when you get there, the baby has already died. Yes. So that's not an abortion. And we need a law that actually reflects the truth instead of the continuing the lie. Okay. So again, abolitionists and an abolitionist document would actually give dignity to both the mother and the baby and not lie to people. So again, or treat so yeah,
1: the yeah. baby before eight weeks, not as a baby. Yeah.
0: Yep. So it'd be a Class B felony to the person that induces an abortion on a woman, as well as sub. And then there's subject to suspension of or revocation of their professional license by his or her professional licensing board. A woman, upon again, a woman upon whom an abortion is performed or induced is in violation of the subsection shall be prosecuted for a conspiracy to violate the provisions of the subsection. And so, woman is never implicated. So she can go to where? Again, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart. CVS, yeah. go do the telehealth thing, get it in the mail. So are, are you going to go after the woman who induces a an abortion on herself? And
1: this law cannot be upheld to the doctor who gets the telemedicine, who gives the telemedicine advice in the state of Illinois, where yeah. it's perfectly legal for them to do that. They're not held to any consequences. Mm-hmm. And by the way, these are the things that the pro aborts are telling all their people to do, like, don't worry about that. All you need to do is telemedicine. One of our doctors here at Planned Parenthood, Illinois, and we'll be happy to give you any cons- consultation that you need. And then you can go get your stuff mm-hmm. and kill your baby.
0: Yep. So, so, yeah. So the truth is abortion is not banned in Missouri and it's not equal protection for the unborn. So we have absolutely done really no change. Maybe maybe eight weeks might be the only difference, but it's definitely not what uh, the ERLC is going to champion and and want you to clap your hands about. Um, there's nothing to really clap your hands about other than, okay, so again, we can go back to um, I got to stand in the rotunda and talk about Reuben, talk about Judah, and how they, you know, wanted to throw Joe. They they wanted to kill, kill Joseph, and then uh, Reuben steps in as the well-intentioned pro-lifer, saying, "Well, let's uh, just throw him into the pit for now. I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll come later and save him when you guys aren't around." But throw him into the pit, and um, instead of killing him, and then Judah sells him into sla- He changes. He graciously changes his mind and sells him into slavery. That's what we're celebrating here. All right. And we're still celebrating here. So
1: so what we have is the other three types of surgical abortion now restricted, Hmm. all wicked and incredibly evil things, certainly. But here's the issue. The aspiration suction, which is like a vacuum that sucks the baby out, the dilation evacuation, the dilation act after viability. That's the really, I mean, they're all incredibly gruesome. Right, And there's incredible consequences, dilation and evacuation, D&E, after viability. Mm-hmm. All of those are incredibly risky. That's not being performed in the state of Missouri anymore. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But the issue is the majority of abortions are still taking place. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to happen to hunt these people down and stop them from doing it, to punish them for murder. We've legalized murder before eight weeks, and actually probably up to about 10 weeks, maybe possibly 11. And that is easier and notice likewise, there's nothing that says these women can't travel to another state to murder their babies. By the way, Mm -hmm. that is not going to happen just as was noted very clearly in Illinois. Abortion visits have have increased 25%. They their abortion numbers, their aspiration and suction, their dilation and evacuation, their D&E after viability have those numbers have all gone up in those states mm-hmm. because all a lady in St. Louis has to do is go across the river and she's in the Five river. miles there's or there's nothing west. being done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. There is nothing so, being done to yeah. stop. So that. there's so nothing abortion yeah, is yeah, there's still nothing on our in the state of Missouri.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing to praise man about in this. And so that's the, you know, the other thing that you're going to hear is praise the pro-life movement for Dobbs and all that kind of stuff. No, the only thing that I can celebrate is that my father in heaven through his son, Jesus Christ, has done a work to prove the faithful, the, the biblically faithful position of being faithful. And that's it. Not being the Holy Spirit, not being the coercer, but being the teacher and the shepherd. That's what the church is supposed to do, teach and shepherd. We don't save anybody. We can go and adopt and and go to the gates. We can hold back those who are being held to slaughter, like literally, Um, but we are not supposed to teach that law saves. Whenever we teach that law saves, we are giving power and we're giving the keys over to the government, which is no bueno. That is not correct. That's not even American. (laughs) So even from an American standpoint, that's not American but ultimately it's actually not what god wants us to do he wants us to be faithful and teach teach to observe the teachings of christ and then but the thing is is because you know so here's where you know as a post-mill person i get uh, told well you're just trying to eminitize Im- the eschaton i'm like who who, who in the uh, ERLC's is uh, a post-mill person probably not many if any and they're yeah. the ones that are immunitizing the eschaton through law not gospel this is when, again, like, here's, here's the absurdity and everything. And so, um, you know, we, we don't need to be teaching that. We just need to be faithful. And so we can praise God for the fact that uh, just like with Joseph, Joseph went through all that stuff. You can't praise Reuben. You can't praise Judah, but you can praise God for saving people through those evil things. And so, yes, there is much to celebrate because now it has been turned over to the state, even though the federal government should have went, wait, wait a second here. We have especially Independence Day coming up, what's the only worldview that makes sense that we have a creator that has given us rights? No other religion actually has a God that has spoken. And he has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. We have the words of the condescending father. You don't have that in Allah. Allah can't do it. He's too transcendent. He cannot bind himself to man, but we have Yahweh. And then the Yahweh, the son, the second, the second one that was appearing in the Old Testament finally came and he gave us who God is in flesh, we saw him, we have witnesses, we have documents, we have word. That's the only thing. And so the federal government didn't want to uh, give people what a person is. So we got to do it for the states proving the abolitionist position is was the correct one all 49 years so far. So we can praise God for that, but we got a lot to uh, to work on. And so I know Dave and I. Well,
1: and so likewise, yeah. yeah, states like California and um, New York, they're going to have basically abortion tourism, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to now start saying you come to our stay in our hotel and get your abortion and then stay in our facility, get better and then come home.
0: Yep. Like, and guess what? Ass, guess what ass, and that has been happening. That's what they tried to blame us in Missouri last year, wasn't it, Dave? That if we uh if we champion this abolitionist thing that you and me were trying to put up in Missouri, at least as Baptists to call our civil magistrate to, we were going to e- export murder. Well, apparently it was already happening cuz we already stated and we've stated again time and time again. You go to St. Louis to say we can't do it here five miles over over there it's happening we're seeing that you know people are like freaked out whenever oh Texas has this uh, heartbeat bill and well abortions have gone down in Texas since then but then they went up where in Oklahoma because what they exported murder so we have to deal with the fact of you know whenever we now that we have this some states like California like he's saying you know they're going to have tourism we have now big companies that are going to uh, supply um, that as Healthcare, because we haven't gotten rid of the verbiage there, we have not dealt with it in an abolitionist faithful sense, and so yeah, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, so there, your neighboring state, you know, you might be an abolitionist state, and you're going to have to deal with it. And we're going to have to again continue to be faithful and actually with our actions go and hold back those. But we need to also teach that our civil magistrates should have laws to help protect that. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think. Everybody should um that's listening to this podcast should get the fact that Missouri does not ban abortion.
1: And and that's something that we're gonna have to communicate to multiple people. And that's mm-hmm. gonna require resolutions at our annual meeting. Uh I almost think you go to the point where you write an absurd resolution that we're happy for these atrocities to see uh, you might have to do something like that to get any type of traction. I
0: don't know. I don't All right. Well, we are going to hit a, uh, another, uh, thing on this, uh, episode today. Anyway, we, I wanted to, and this is something that I've been wanting to hit, uh, for a few weeks now since the, uh, Southern Baptist annual meeting, um, that we had, because, um, as we had talked about before, I got to be a part of a, uh, talk that the ERLC had a special night with the ERLC where, you know, I, I had that, uh, that little piece of paper where you know it's kind of mad about this. So I can show it again anyway. That I walked into a room to making abortion unnecessary. And uh, if you were there, you know that it's one of those things. It's all well and good to um, have a subjective idea of uh, making abortion unnecessary. You don't want somebody to come to that thought, right? You you want to be able to be around somebody. Hey, they just got pregnant. They they might be broke. Whatever it is. Um, you don't want them to in their mind, go, I've got to go straight to abortion. But the thing is the objective reality that we need to teach is there's never anything that necessitates the murder of somebody. That's the equal protection that we're talking about. All right. And so also, um, they gave us one of these, and this is the light magazine and it's an ELC. If I can get it in the camera, just right for the video people But man, everything's inverted on my end. But yes, I'm going to go this way with it, but yeah, it's got the little ERLC logo. Looks good and from my yeah, side, by the yeah. way. It doesn't isn't backwards. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, it's weird to me anyway. I'm all inverted anyway. But yeah, there's an article that was in here that uh, we were wanting to share and go over. I sent it to Dave. He read it and went, oh man, yeah, we, we do need to hit that because um, it's definitely the ERLC talking against itself. It's pretty, pretty, um, I mean, it's interesting and actually it's, it's funny
1: and who's the author not of funny. this piece, by yeah. the way? who's the um, author this, this is
0: piece? Dana Hall McCain. So Dana Hall McCain from the ERL.
1: Mrs. McCain, we're actually asking you to be consistent with your standards here because scripture is very clear. We don't want to have unequal scales. So let's listen to your argumentation and let's see if this is the position that you all are advocating for because it became very clear that you were not... Brent Leatherwood made it exceptionally clear that the ERLC would never do anything to actually treat abortion as murder.
0: So Dana Hall McCain had wrote this article that is in this light magazine that um, was handed out and was, you know, they had every, every chair had a bunch of materials um, on it. And so there was one book on the ERLC, the history of the ERLC, what the ERLC does, there's this magazine, and then, you know, that little uh, piece of, um, I mean, I didn't throw it away, it's garbage, but I didn't throw it away just to make sure to have some evidence. Well, here's um, the thing that I find <laughs> the, interesting, the and,
1: and I might have said this to you just in conversation, but it was very clear in the early 90s that the position of the Democratic Party, President Bill Clinton, specifically wanted to make abortion unthinkable.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: other words, mm-hmm. they wanted it to still be there, but They want it to be unthinkable. What's mind boggling to me is that those at the ERLC don't see the connection that they have to the democratic party with that very slogan, make it uh, not an option, essentially is what they're saying. Make it unnecessary. Well, it's never necessary, by the way, it is never necessary from a
0: legal. And so this, this gets into that whole separation of church and state idea, the separation of jurisdictions and and governance. So again, as a as a churchman, if there was a lady in my church that got pregnant, was broke, um had an abusive husband, whatever it is, um you no know, as a church person, I don't want that person to go directly to I've got to go abort the baby. It's an it's a necessary thing in my situation. But then again, it's still objectively it's not a necessary thing. But I get the point is that we should be seeing this amongst our people and going in and going how can we help? how can we help you like can i uh, adopt your baby can uh, you know can i get you what you need can i can we figure out a way to provide for your medical bills and all that stuff but that is not the state's jurisdiction when we do that then we're not loving neighbor because we're going to bankrupt our society by paying everybody's medical bills insurance bankrupts people if it gets out of hand especially whenever it's i'm from the government here i'm hel- i'm here to help again that's that's a joke But jokes are said in jest, right? There's a lot of truth set in jest, and that is definitely something we don't need the government to do and is not biblically established for the government to do that anyway. They're just to be the sword bearer against the evildoer, and that's what we're calling them to. So whenever it comes to, um, you know, and and that's the one thing I, I do want to say about that night. They kept on going, the church needs to help provide this stuff. Okay, totally on board. But again, the RLC is a political entity and not just a church entity. And so what can turn into is we need universal health care, and then you're robbing people of their hard-earned money that is theirs and saying, you need to pay for my abortion. Yes. That's what it's going to end up being because it gets put into the hands of a secular people who don't give a rip about human life because they're the ones murdering human life right now. You're going to put money in the hands of people that are calling abortion healthcare. No, not a no. So, but that, that's you know, I, I do want to give credit where credit to do here and and be and and be charitable um on this thing but uh there's the ERLC. and here again here's the article that kind of just really kills it if you know more about the position um especially that's this article is in with the within the ERLC. but so, but right here from the start this article um sort of conflates the choice of a president um with the um also, um, writing of bills, which is a categorical, um, it's, not a, it's a false analogy anyway, but it um, starts in on Sunday before two, the 2016 general election, I visited a family a few hours from home and attended their church or j- attended, attended church with them. The pastor acknowledged the tension that many in the congregation felt regarding the election and the controversial presidential candidates it involved. His opening sentence on the topic rang true to me. You don't have a godly candidate on the ballot on Tuesday, and the reason you don't is because of our great sin. The flawed candidates, he said, were a reflection of us as a nation. Amen. Totally agree. Totally agree there. So in a world that seems more opposed to the teachings of the scripture by the day, Christians frequently face a slate of choices, all of which fail to meet God's standards of righteousness in some way. How do we cope with a world that repeatedly asks us to choose between the lesser of two evils? After all, the lesser of evil still, by definition, is evil. And God's word calls us to avoid even the appearance of such. Well, now it avoids us. It tells us to avoid evil, to abstain from evil. So that's a misleading way to say that verse, but it tells us to abstain from any form of evil, literally. That's what it says. So, um, but how do we do this? Okay, great question. Great, great question. So, at the same time, fully withdrawing from public engagement makes us disobedient in other in another sense, ignoring the biblical charges to speak the truth. Ephesians four fifteen, uh, advocate for justice is Isaiah one seventeen. I'd say to expose evil. There's a whole lot. There's a host. A whole lot more of uh, proof texts here, um, um, but and protect the vulnerable. Uh, When we walk away from the great conversation, we leave a void where wisdom of God should be represented. Okay. So again, she is setting up, you know how I've said before, we have two things here um, that we have to follow. So she's setting up this, Oh, there's something over here. And then there's something over here and we have to do them both. Amen. Amen. That's a great thing. So remember I've said, you don't murder babies and you don't write iniquitous laws. I've set up the same sort of, uh, uh, illustration <laughs> here. So there's things that we can't do. Um, and we have to not, it's not a Hegelian dialectic to, to relieve the tension or keep them. They're not in tension with each other. So this is not that Hegel approach either. This is just being faithful to the text and the call to um, be faithful.
1: There's some massive issues here that I actually think the pro-life position, does that is different than voting for a presidential candidate because we realize that her her position right now is basically you couldn't vote for trump and you couldn't vote for hillary in 2016 because both of them were evil well i don't think that that is 100 accurate by the way but the other piece is when you write pro-life legislation such as that which we just discussed in the state of missouri you're actually legalizing the murder of children up to eight weeks. You're making that legal. You're also, are you ready? Making it legal, perfectly legal for someone to leave the state and do that because there's mm-hmm. nothing that's stopping them from doing it. You're yeah. making it perfectly legal for them to talk on the internet with someone in another state who will give them advice. You've legalized that. You have made those things legal when what you needed to do was make them illegal.
0: Yeah, so here's that's the deal. A
1: different comparisons.
0: We might be given two evil choices to vote for, but what can we do if we have Christians in legislators, in, in, in places of legislation, right? We have Mike Moon being faithful, where Doug Ritchie wouldn't, where Brian Seitz wouldn't. I'll name names all day and and it's okay this is not on the yeah. floor of the southern baptist and Nation. we don't have the 11th commandment here or the 12th maybe that's the 12th so the 11th commandment is be nice and the 12th commandment we're we're pharisees now we're adding we're adding to god's word and you can't name names you're not supposed to name names well the thing is is these people are public people they've done things in public we're not backstabbing them we're not saying anything um, that is not available to Anybody, if you want it, you can look for it. Okay, so we have we have Brian sites on on um, our abolitionist Missouri uh, abolish abortion Missouri documentation saying if God is for us, then who can be against us? And then he goes in and doesn't do anything because he felt the pressure against him. So he said one thing to this abolitionist, going, "Hey, we will rally behind you," and then coward. So just you know, we're we're going to do this. Um, But the thing is that there's a difference between what the public gets to vote for two people um, because of that system, but legislators can go in as we vote. Again, there's the bottom-up approach is you can't, as a legislator, not write iniquitous decrees. You don't have to write an iniquitous decree. You can be faithful, and then you can go to sleep like a Calvinist going, I was faithful. God is pleased with me, even though I did not write, because I did not write an iniquitous. You actually should not go to sleep. With your head comfortable on a pillow, going well. I did a 15 week ban. I wrote a document that is going to pass through and give a 15 week ban because you're going to hit your head on that pillow, knowing that anybody up to 15 weeks, because you believe it's a person, all those are are able to die at the whims of emotion. So, anyway, this article again, just again, just for charity's sake, I agree because there is no neutrality. This article. It's one of our tenets as a as the transcendental argument for God as the tag issue, the the presup issue is that there is no neutrality. Um, we have to abstain from every form of evil, which would be writing iniquitous laws. Which again, this is the ERLC; they're totally for that. Um, I think at the same time, so we can't leave the conversation, which is true. Again, we can't leave the conversation, but we have to abstain from all forms of evil. So there's two things. Again, that same illustration that I have given, um, but at the same time, fully withdrawing from public engagement makes us disobedient in another sense by ignoring the biblical charges to speak the truth, advocate for justice and protect the vulnerable, which is holding back, which is actually done at the gates of the mill. Is the As is done in our congregations as the church deals. So that's the actual deed of it, not the law writing. That's how you hold people. You don't hold back people from the law. You only do justice with law. You cannot save anybody with law. What are we teaching? Okay. So this is where we're going to get into. Um, Next is, I believe that as sojourners in a fallen world, we are called to do the best we can with the circumstances we are given. And so what they're saying here is this is what we do, the 15-week ban, the eight-week ban, stuff like that. That's where this fits into. Is that the best that we can do? By what standard? Is that the best we can do? So sometimes this may mean choosing an imperfect option. So president, again, that false analogy, and it might look like what? Voting for a flawed candidate to prevent even, or, or I guess this is the person, um, it might look like voting for a flawed candidate to prevent an even, even greater wrong we believe their opponent would do. And here's where, here's the ki- kicker with the RLC. It could mean supporting a bill that accomplishes some things that we know are not pleasing to God. So I thank you for the admission that what you are doing is not pleasing to God. This is an admission from your, ER, as, as Brent Leatherwood would say, your ER, ERLC, SBC goers. This is your ERLC admitting that they support things that they know are not for God, are not and pleasing their, to God.
1: And their job is to advocate for justice,
0: mm-hmm, not to... Mm-hmm
1: not to advocate for laws that do not uphold a stand, God's standard of justice. So we're okay, in other words, to sell short God's standard of justice when it comes to advocating for laws. But you know, we uh, when it comes to advocating for candidates, even though again, two different ideas, writing laws that are evil, voting for a candidate that is imperfect, two different things.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know that I need to go down here. Honesty is the best policy, is the next subhead. So, anyway, um, I'll continue um, because here, thank you for the admission, at ERLC, uh, especially Dana McLean. If you are speaking for the ERLC in this article, um, you are admitting that uh, you um, think it's the best thing that we can do is to support something that is not God pleasing, um, which God does not ask us to do things that are not pleasing to him so again we can hit our head on the pillow if we are abolitionists putting in abolitionist documents and bills and then them getting rejected that's that's we our hands are clean our conscience should be clean why can't your conscience be clean with that so you're you're, you're not good with being faithful to god Remember Jesus's yoke is easy. His burden is light and you are putting it upon yourself. A heavier burden as a Pharisee, you're adding to God's law because you got to do this. No, you don't have to. And it's okay. Here's the gospel. You can repent and you can just be faithful. And then you can do what you do. This is the best that you can do, which is just be faithful and just teach the truth and nothing more, nothing less. And you can go home and sleep at night, resting in Jesus Christ as your savior, who will have the results eventually in the future of saving these babies. Okay. So you leave the results to God. So again, thanks for the admission again. So here's another admission because, um, this, uh, so it says, the danger is in this type of public engagement is that it can confuse non believers or, or non believing observers who don't understand our rationale. They may interpret our action as fully representatives of the teachings of the Christian faith, which they should, because we're teaching, we're, we're Christians, where we are where called to do in the Great Commission. We're Great Commission Baptists, not just Southern Baptists, but we have called ourselves Great Commission Baptists. So we should expect people to look at us and whatever we're doing they're going to be like, okay, this is what Christianity is supposed to be. And so, yes, we are confusing them. Thank you for your admission. Thank you. Um, let's see. So that they might interpret our action as fully representative of the teachings of the Christian faith when it's most certainly not. Worse yet, it may confuse us if we fully buy into our team's talking points. Boom. Exactly. That's exactly what This happens. is why. This is exactly why you had for a few years now, somebody step up to a messenger microphone to ask if we could abolish you, ERLC. This is exactly because you are not teaching. We are not being Great Commission Baptists with the ERC as the entity as it is right now.
1: And they've fallen victim into this exact problem. That's the issue. They are advocating for the regulation of murder and they won't and they refuse to see it. They have blinded themselves because they have gotten so used to fighting for the regulation of murder that they will not step back and see it. And when people try to put that forward to them, they don't let them talk. They fight them. They tell them that, nope, this is that's not the pro-life position. Of course it's not. The pro-life position is wrong because it's not the biblical position. It's not following the biblical standard. That's the reality.
0: That's and what you're saying. Admit- and again, and they're admitting it they're admitting it here. And so here's the question. So how do we avoid these misunderstandings? Let's see what the see. how do you avoid these misunderstandings of showing um, the world false teaching of what Christianity is and, and being happy about it and confusing people and then confusing yourselves, confusing your brothers and sisters, because they do buy into your talking points. And that's what happened whenever Brent Leatherwood got up on the stage on the platform after The call to abolish and he totally duped the room into not abolishing them. And the room didn't even ask, you know, the room could have asked, well, will you repent? That would have been the obvious, awesome next step. Okay. Well, we won't abolish you. How about, will you repent of this? That would be a great uh, call to our brothers and sisters. Will you repent? Because we need to give people time and room to repent. That's brother and sister relationship in the kingdom of God. Okay. So, but how do we avoid these misunderstandings? Well, I think the keys to walking this tightrope with integrity lie in two areas, honest comparison of the choices we face to the biblical standard and honest communication about our engagement. Amen. So again, if you write a 15 week bill and you're happy about it, have you compared that to scripture? You've already admitted that it's wrong. Okay. So be honest about it. You're wrong. Thank you for saying that you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, um, so, and then, and then communication about engagement. Um, we've been trying to have engagement and we get shut down all the time. You I know. watched as I watched as Brent Leatherwood and Dusty um, were talking after the night of the ERLC and it was complete trying to shut him down. It was, it was Brent Leatherwood finding little snide ways to get Devers to shut up. And uh, there's people in the room that can attest. The way that uh, Brent Leatherwood was treating his brother, Dusty. And Dusty was trying to be charitable, trying to get the com- conversation going, and the communication was just getting shut down with pithy one liners and just tries. But there was no actual fellowship in that conversation. It's just sad because we're supposed to be Southern Baptist, Great Commission Baptist brothers and sisters with the goal of abolishing abortion and teaching. Okay. So like all modern marketing and communication, the American political machine is scarcely good at pushing our or is scarily good at pushing our buttons to elicit feelings that turn into action. They come into each issue armed with mounds of polling data and research, revealing what makes us tick, what we fear and what we value. Whatever they're selling a candidate or cause, they sell it as an all upside and no downside. Dave, you take that one over.
1: Right on, because all we're getting is look again. All and I, I I almost pulled up the resolution that was passed this year praising the pro-life movement. What has happened is they've never actually acknowledged look what the pro-life movement has done to legalize the murder of millions of children and allow it to continue. And oh, I'm sorry, Southern Baptist. We've lied. We really don't believe that life begins at fertilization. We say so, but we don't treat it as if it is. We devalue human life because when mothers knowingly and willingly go to murder that child, we don't treat them as if they the same way that we would if we knew that they were murdering their five year old child or their two year old child or their one month old child. See, here's the reality if it's truly what you say it is, you need to acknowledge there is a massive downside. Admit it. You will not get a pro life advocate. You will not get the ERLC to ever admit that in any public way or even say, you know what, we've fallen short in this area. You see, I can actually go to the point where I say, you know what, I'm grateful for every life that has been saved. Praise God. I'm not grateful for the mechanism through which it has happened. I am grateful. And we can say, Adam and I can certainly say with with people like Doug Wilson, uh, Roe vs. Wade does not get overturned had it not been for thousands, if not millions, of pro-life advocates. That's right. In fact, it was a pro-life bill that brought about the overturning of Roe vs. Wade. Yes, but it's not all an upside. And that's the reality.
0: And that is praise to God for the orchestration, not the pro-life movement, because you cannot celebrate again the throwing of Joseph into a pit. You cannot celebrate the selling of Joseph into slavery, but you can celebrate that the God who threw the sinful—so the the actions of men were still sinful. Joseph said, "Your acts were evil," so the men's actions are still evil. Yes. Yet God brought about the result, so God gets the praise. And we can praise him, but I'm not going to praise the man who has, again, we have this this already illusion of the the illustration, the two things that we must do. We can't do one without the other. Okay. And again, we cannot write, we cannot have legislators that are Christian consciously writing iniquitous bills and we can't murder babies. Both of them, we cannot do as Christians because we are confusing people. We are saying, well, apparently it's Okay. Well, Apparently that's can be a Christian and do this. That's what they're uh, we're. And we always say the world is watching the world. They are. What are we teaching them?
1: And that is why, our job. Yeah. And that's why you have women at the clinic saying it doesn't have a heartbeat yet. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a heartbeat yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it 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 isn't eight weeks old yet. It isn't eight weeks old yet. There yep. you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not viable yet.
0: Yep. So to continue on um, legions of highly paid consultants convince you. But if you don't vote or engage, as they suggest, disaster is inevitable. I wonder what happened in the uh, Missouri against us. Disaster is inevitable if we, if we uh, do this. You, you, you'll have to repent. You'll have to admit something. That's disaster. Um, and then, we were told again, specifically, against their opposition. Yeah. We
1: were told specifically, I won't repent of the lives that were saved. We're saying repent, repent. of your failure to follow God's standards. Mm-hmm. No one said, repent of lives that were saved by iniquitous decrees. Repent of failing to uphold God's standards consistently. That's the yeah. sin.
0: Yep. So uh, to skip on down, it says, uh, similarly, they present their favored candidate initiative or initiative as a cure-all for your concerns with no baggage. And again, like, abolitionists will be honest about what, yeah, we don't have all the stuff in place, but that doesn't mean that you don't try to preserve life and actually treat life um, of the image bearer as the life of the image bearer. That is, you don't have all the systems. It's fine still just because you don't have systems. doesn't mean you murder people.
1: That's what's happening in the state of Missouri.
0: All these pro-life folks are saying, look, we made abortion illegal. It's not happening in the state of Missouri anymore.
1: Lie, lie, lie.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So this moment of investment is where civic engagement can go off the rails for Christians. Once we choose a candidate or cause, and especially if we publicly declare our af- affiliation with such, we are psychologically incentivized to think and speak of our choice positively, emphasizing what is good about it and staying quiet what is, it is not. So exactly. We don't need to be quiet about it, but has it not been quiet talking about an, uh, the mourning of the, the loss of all the babies that we, uh, if you're in the, tw- in the pro-life movement, that you are, you're, you're going like you're state sanctioning their murder. Are you talking about it? I don't hear that out of a lot of pro-life people. I might've heard it once out of Doug Ritchie's mouth that like two years or three years ago now, um, he said, we do mourn the loss. It's like, well, do you? That's the first time I've ever heard a pro-life or might've mentioned, well, we're mourning the loss of them, but you're treating them as, as collateral damage. That's all they are is collateral damage for your agenda that you think that, again, we need to be open and honest. What haven't we been open and honest about? You haven't been open and honest that Roe was never law of the land and that Missouri underneath the 10th Amendment already had the right to go. That's unconstitutional. If you believe it's unconstitutional, you don't treat it as unconstitutional. And that's whenever I got told, well, if you don't believe it's law of the land, why do you? Because others do. But you believe it's unconstitutional, but you're going to follow it anyway. Again, you are following the minute to do murder. Mm -hmm. to do evil because you are not willing to stand up. Fortunately, or not fortunately, but providentially, um, we've had Mike Moon who knew the truth and who has taught the truth. And I'm not praising him and going, oh, you know, like our savior, Mike Moon. No, he's just been a faithful brother that we do need to lift up and say, thank you for your gift, using your gift faithfully. Just like you would thank your pastor for using their gift faithfully if they're showing you jesus every week and feeding you and feeding you and and finding your gifts and going hey i want to equip you to do this to do this ministry you would still you would, you would thank them you don't exalt them but you thank them because that's how you treat your brothers and sisters <laughs> and so that's encouraging them that's thanking them and having a gracious attitude okay so we we've had mike moon teaching the right thing and Again, uh, just to let you guys know we're out of the legislative session and just to keep on, just to have another recording of it, we had five people to vote it out and it was your pro-life Senator, um, chairman, um, Senator white, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was him that didn't let it pass. Bill white had all the power in the world. We had five people and he probably knew that there was five people to vote out. His secretary, Mike Kelly told me, no, it's not in a form to leave the uh, committee, um, Wrong. We had five people that were willing to vote on it, to bring it out of committee onto the floor of the Senate. Okay. So just to let you guys know it's recorded again, um, that's all what's happened. This is your pro-life people maybe influenced by the RLC as well. This is what the RLC seeds. They sow these seeds too. And we saw in Louisiana that they are, the RLC is totally against abolition and criminalizing. And even from the platform, Brent Leatherwood said, he said it in a different way, but it was, I'm not going to have equal protection because I'm not going to allow a woman. So here's where he buys into intersectionality. All right. No woman can be wrong. No woman can be a sinner in this. No, no woman, woman can be, it should be implicated in No murder. woman.
1: Yeah, there you go. No woman is, they yeah. will, the, basically it was, we will never, ever affirm that women who murder their babies are really murderers put mm-hmm. simply.
0: Yep. And again, here, here, again, you don't like critical race theory and intersectionality. Well, here's where the conservatives buy into it. I'll continue to beat that drum until people get it. All and when right, The question
1: so. was asked, Adam, what is it that a woman who gets an abortion, what is it that she is guilty of? It was stated directly murder mm-hmm. from the floor. I should have Should have queued up the video.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it goes on to say, uh, we may uh, rationalize that this is strategically necessary to rally others to our cause and ensure that our team wins the day. Okay, again, you're just implicating the pro life and the ERLC the whole time. Like, again, stop refuting yourself. How can you say this and not uh, fall to your knees and ask for repentance?
1: Well, how does the editor not see? Yes. the inconsistency that really is a question for me i mean like they have really smart people who are editors of their their magazine and i mean that mm-hmm. sincerely of someone might disagree with me but I, but i really believe that they've got very intelligent people how did they miss this like I, i'm with this. A, it's point. an how ethical issue
0: it's it's not an intellectual issue it's an ethical issue they have hearts parts of their heart that needs to be changed this is a repentance issue this is a heart issue and this is where we continue we actually You know, there are brothers and sisters and we need to pray for them. There might be an enemy in there. There might be somebody in the RLC that does not hold to Jesus Christ, but it might be in there for other reasons. And they're helping this along because this is a secular deal. A lot more people than Christians can come in and agree on this secularly. So we need to pray for them and that repentance, 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 and, and treat them like God treats people his people, he gives them room for repentance. He gives them time and he's the one orchestrating all the things that go to that. So we need to reflect, we need to be consistent over here and reflect our great God and Savior Jesus um, in this issue, um, which is a big deal for us to consider. But here's the thing. There will be a time for the whole truth later. We think now is the time to win. But as believers, we are called to hold each decision every day up to the light of God's word, judging it fairly by that standard alone. Amen. Stop refuting yourself. Yes. What does your Goodness,
1: that's all we're asking you to do. That's all we've been asking you to do.
0: Yeah. So we must overcome the psychological temptation to recast our marginally better choice as a genuinely righteous one. We must be honest with ourselves and others about how our choices do and do not measure up to God's standard. Again, please do. Then
1: recognize do. that you've, that your pro-life laws are codifying mm-hmm. way, in your states. Yep. The ones yep. you are fighting for are codified. I want to know, Brent Leatherwood, yeah. how in the world are you opposing a law that would actually provide equal protection, which is what God's word mandates, if you truly believe that abortion is murder, then there should be punishment, but you don't. And you're mm-hmm. not even listening to your own staff who is saying, at least acknowledge that it doesn't hold to the standard. At least be honest enough to do that. No, no, we're not going to do that.
0: Yep. So it goes on again, uh, whenever we, uh, so when we misrepresent our imperfect choices as truly righteous we compromise our integrity and misrepresent our savior before a lost and dying world this continues to give me a headache to think about because this is written in an erc magazine and this is it's talking to itself it's talking to itself here so we make it harder for the people we are called to evangelize to believe us about the most important thing the gospel of jesus christ when you do this exactly amen so um, that's a terrible trade. Mm-hmm. I think Christians must remain engaged. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm reading this from here, just making sure that yeah. this is all in the screen here. Um, but I think Christians must remain engaged in the culture and, and the political process. Yep. Um, but we must say goodbye to the what unqualified cheerleading that others enjoy. Yes, please stop cheering this stuff. If we are to honor God in the public square, our participation and the way we talk about it must be what? Consistently faithful and painfully honest. Amen. Join us. Repent with us is the call of the abolitionists. Please join us. Please repent with us. This will make us outliers in many Conversations where others feel free to give full-throated endorsements of things we know miss the mark in key ways. Join us, repent with us. However, we can trust God to work through our faithfulness and unfaithfulness, um, but to accomplish his purpose, despite what the modern rules of political and cultural engagement may suggest. And amen to that. Let me read that one more time, okay? Here's the abolitionist position written in the ERLC magazine, if they would just repent and actually believe it and do. However, we can trust God to work through our faithfulness, whatever that standard is, is God's word is faithfulness. You don't write iniquitous decrees and you don't murder babies. Okay, We can trust God to work through our faithfulness to accomplish his purpose. He He's the one that gives the results despite what the modern rules of political and cultural engagement may suggest. Amen. The ERLC, if they take that word, again we don't we might not have to abolish it because they'll be they'll finally get on the right side, which is the faithful side, according to the word of God. And that's what we must pray for.
1: That's right
0: so sorry to almost take take over on that one but dude, no
1: no exceptional (laughs) article you had more time to chew on it than i did and i'm grateful for the opportunity i've had to comment on it uh yeah Hall mccain beautiful work yeah thank you for that now please engage your colleagues Mm -hmm. to do this with Mm -hmm. abortion that's what we've been asking that's what we've been asking and pleading
2: for
0: yeah Yep. So, um, I know that we have gone pretty long on this episode, but uh, I don't know if you want to engage some memes or save them for another day. We have not done. Okay. Well,
1: our memes for next week and we will have some other little videos. Cause I want, we, we can tie in the stuff that I had shared with you. We can have that for next week with our memes. All right.
0: Well, just so. listen to that guys. We have not done meme theology. I don't think this year It has been a weird we year. Of you know, Dave and I not together in the same room. Um, we're not getting together um at any other times, like in in physical, like there's been a couple of times, where we haven't had we saw, like, each, time other with, we yeah. saw each other in February and we
1: saw each other in in late May.
0: Yeah, and we were doing other things to where we couldn't like really like what are we gonna do with the tag Here at podcast, putting our heads like literally physically together. And so yeah, that has not happened. But how about this? We promise you to finally bring back mean theology. I'll bring back the song and everything and we'll get on to it because they're, you know, with, with all this post row America now, um, memes are everywhere and you're getting hit left and right by them. And so we can help you, um, give you, um, the tools to be able to look at the messages that are being thrown out there and hopefully we can help you. And hopefully we, and call us to the standard of God's word and our actions on how we deal with these things. If we're dealing with them faithfully in our words and our deeds and that we're doing it, to bring people in and to win them over to the gospel and not just shutting people out so with that yeah so we'll definitely do um a meme theology uh next week or definitely real soon so yeah so uh dave you got any last last uh remarks comments i or have anything? 10
1: fingers because i did not blow off any of my digits last night me too fourth of july too. praise god <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. And me too. All my my family has all their fingers and uh, we didn't light any fires or anything. So other than just the fuse and the things going off is a good time. So we hope that all of you guys had a wonderful Independence Day or uh, Presbyterian uh, Revolution Day, um, recognizing our independence uh, uh, from a tyrannical government that was, uh, you know, putting that state church on or that church state, whichever, you know, the, the, the Protestant sort of Rome and that we got to come over here and, uh, you know, be Baptist and Presbyterians and Anglicans and, you know, love each other as brothers and sisters um, with our little invites and stuff and like Lutherans, that, but, you don't know, forget our Lutheran and Methodist Lutherans. Oh, so we got, uh, Oh, I. Well, they Lutheran came along a little bit and later. Uh-huh.
1: They came oh yeah.
0: Place. You know, Methodist yeah, but friends. you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the actual definition of that term, uh, religious freedom, you can do that, you know, but you still again, you have a creator, who has endowed you with rights again. And um, that creator has spoken and said that he's made you in the womb. And uh, from the womb to the tomb, you're an image bearer of God. And you know what? I should not murder you no matter. Uh, and you shouldn't you murder have. anybody else. So, yeah, with that said, this is the Tag you're it podcast. I'm Ray Ray.
1: And I'm David VanBuck.
0: And Sully Dale. Gloria.